Again, it's part of making that balance. You know, if you've got the technical ability to create an injury, then responsibly you should have the knowledge to be able yeah. to heal that injury at the end of it. Yeah. You know, if I'm gonna stick a choke on someone or, or, or strangle them unconscious, I need to know how to bring well, it back round. Hi, this is Mick Tully, and you're listening to Mixed Martial Arts. On today's show, I've got an absolute star. He's uh, he's smiling at me here. He's one of the nicest guys in uh, UK martial arts for definite. Uh, guy that I, I'm going to embarrass him. I actually used to look up to him, and he goes mad because he's he says that the age difference can't be that big. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the one and only. Tony Bailey. So, Tony, thanks for coming on, man. Oh, thank you very much. For... So, when did you start martial arts and why did you start martial arts? Okay, uh, if you're giving me that sort of age, uh, back in the Stone Age, uh, <laughs> is, uh, no, I was I was seven years old when I started. Right. Um, yeah, that was 1976. Wow. They did have colour in those days. Uh, yeah, so I started seven years old and it was in judo, started in judo. And basically the reason that we started is, um, it could be a very long story, I'll try and cut it short. No, my, 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 my dad was a, a Greco-Roman wrestler back in the 60s. I met him, he's a, he's a great, great old yeah, boy, yeah. yeah. Trained with Jack Ingle, who end, ended up teaching the uh, the Olympic team. Really? You know? Wow. Uh, all the people we used to train with were in the Olympic team. Wow. Um, but my dad wasn't interested in competition, he trained, he trained hard. Um, but you know, he just did it for you know a bit of exercise, keep himself fit, and for self defence as well. Yeah. You know, and so we cut forward a fair bit, and you know we've been born, we're growing up, and and we grew up. I mean, it wasn't a tough place, but we grew up in amongst a lot of all the new racist things. And where, where about whereabouts is this? So I was born in Lambeth in London, right? Uh, and then eventually, like a lot of families at that time, we moved to. Uh, the, I think the choice at the time was either Basingstoke or Milton Keynes. So, so new, chose new the lesser town. of two evils. So <laughs> so what, 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 yeah. took, what took you out? What took you out of London into Amazingstoke? It, it was just uh, they were just looking for new opportunities, like a lot of families at that time. You know, um, there was uh, you know, there was not a lot of work going on in the areas that they were looking at. Just looking for new opportunities, yeah. different jobs, uh, different places uh, to get a, a better standard of living for the family. Where, where, where did your mum and dad come from? My dad is Jamaican. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, somewhere along the line, deep in his great grandparents. I mean, there's a bit of Chinese mixed in there. From is that? I don't know, don't know where that is, but yeah. So he's fully uh, Jamaican. My mum uh, was half English, half Scottish. Wow. So, uh, her mum, uh, mum's side of the family were in sort of Lambeth, Streatham, that sort of area for a long, long time, going back about 120 years. Really? Um, Proper cockneys. Her yeah. dad. Her dad was from Dunfermline in Fife, Oof. so that's the you know you don't get much Scottish than that. No, no, you yeah, don't. He, don't. he used to have the full, huge orange beard and Did everything he? as well. Do you know what I mean? So uh, well, yeah. you, you just touched on something, right? Because we, you know, age-wise, we are joking. We're, we're we're nowhere near. How old are you now, Tony? I'm 46 now. Yeah, you see, this is. I always look at. I, I I'm gonna embarrass him. I always look at Tony as uh, actually more of an elder statesman than me, and we're the same age. But it's just because you had a, you had. A a higher profile because you were always there tried, or thereabouts the right is, I've tried not to have that's the thing I've, I've tried not to have a big high profile in, in martial arts you know it's not really where it was at for me quality rises to the top bro you know that's it oh, I don't know shit floats as well so. <laughs> 
Uh, that's one of the reasons I like Tony. Racism, for, we were like the first generation to come through and go, I don't see what the problem is. Because, you know, our parents got it, because my yeah. parents were Irish, yeah, they got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And obviously yeah. you, your dad would have got it. Yeah, yeah. And then you're turning around and going, I don't... Well, we, 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 did, we did see it a lot. I mean, I know back in that era, you know, it was the classic thing, wasn't there, of... of, of no uh, blacks, no, no dogs, blacks, no Irish. No dogs, no Irish, yeah. yeah. Um, and so it, it wasn't as blatant as that. And that, I think that was the problem, you know, it had been hidden a bit more. I mean, I, when I was growing up, as, as I said, that was the reason why we got started in martial arts, was uh, my dad just knew, he, he could see what was going on, and he said, you know, my boys, they're growing up, they've got to learn how to defend themselves, yeah. because they're going to have to. Um, and I think what really sparked it off for him was, uh, you know, we got on really, really well with all the families that we grew up with. Um, and then one day, I remember him talking to me about it when I was a kid, and uh, he, he was reading the local newspaper, the local gazette, you know, and uh, they were reporting on a big National Front demonstration that was going through the town over right. that weekend before. And right bang in the middle of the photo, right at the front of the demonstration, holding the placard and everything, yeah. was our next door neighbour. Oh no. <laughs> Who, when you talk to him normally, he was nice as pie. Unbeknownst you know? yeah, to you, yeah, you yeah. didn't realise you were yeah. even next door to yeah, this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his family, to be fair, his family didn't know he had those sort of views either, do you know what I mean? Well, I've, you know, I this is going to one side. Me, you know, I I dislike someone only if they're a douchebag. Mm. So like, I gender means nothing. Mm. Uh, but it's like, like race especially. I, I I look at it and I'm like going, I just don't see what the point is. But I've never ever met a millionaire racist. Do you know that? <laughs> That's I've I've always said that. I've always said like I've met I met tons of guys, right? Yeah. I met tons of guys who are super racist and they all live on council estates and have awful lives so maybe they should be addressing well racism that. things like racism I mean they normally come about through you know through peer pressure uh, through a political environment that you're living in that's you know pushed through obviously a lot of media stuff yeah um, or you know bad experiences that that person's had themselves you know and then of all of those I think the latter you can probably understand a little bit more yeah someone, you know you're gonna have bad feelings against someone if they've had a bad experience but the, the whole thing was just it it got that bad that you know that he thought you know yeah, I'm, yeah I'm no, that's the that's sure. the ultimate preemptive strike isn't it yeah yeah ultimate making sure and it worked it definitely worked you know i mean we we got enrolled all of us i've got i've got three brothers yeah um and we've we've all been in, involved in martial arts we all still are till today um yeah. And um, uh, we all got involved in the same club. We all started with judo as our first uh, yeah. sport martial art. Um, and I still today, that's going back to 76, I still have involvement with that club today. Really? With my, with my first instructor. Yeah, I, oh, I, well, I know I met him. You met him. Yeah, when he wonderful came down gentleman, to yeah. Really nice guy. Yeah, old judo boys, yeah. Are the, they're the best. He, he inspired me so much because, like, you know, I mean, he was working full-time. He was an engineer. He was, you know, out, up and down the country doing all these work but he always made sure that he left in enough time to be able to get back get changed start the club put the mats out and be there for the kids you know and yeah, well, teach week on week you know. give him a shout out oh, it's it's Len Dunce Len Dunce, Len Dunce brilliant, yeah. brilliant. it inspired me so much well I, I, it's a recurring theme I've had I there was a couple of guys who were just they were what I would say were real men strong men mm -hmm. who were huge inspirations on yeah, me yeah. and it's only now as I'm getting older and especially when people come up and say that I'm that guy yeah. and I'm like 
right, shit, no, 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 I'm not that guy. Yeah. But it, it is, it's yeah. cool, because yeah. I always wanted to be it, but I didn't know. So that, that's led us on to your training, right? So you started off in judo, what did you go into after that? Uh, well, after about, I think I got to about 14 years old, Yeah, I was uh, like an assistant instructor in the club, so I was helping out teach the kids and, and so on. I did a lot of research into jiu-jitsu because I wanted to know where judo had come from, its yeah. history and all the rest of it. And then I just turned into a real martial arts, like, you know, freak. I was just, every spare minute that I had that I wasn't doing training or practicing guitar, I was down the library, I was researching, just getting everything I could get my hands on, just to find out more about the history. And then that led on to all sorts of other things, you know? Yeah. Finding out about uh, uh, works on strategy from China and Japan and Buddhism and all these sort of different things. It all. When, you would, know, you, was, when would you have ever read the book of five rings or something? Uh, I, I, was, I was 15 when I first read it. Yeah, and it's mad because yeah, you look at yeah. it and you go, how old is this? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, this yeah. is all, that's more relevant now. Yeah, you it's know. Sun Tzu's Art of War, two yeah. and a half thousand years ago yeah. written, still five, relevant today. 500 years before yeah. Jesus Christ, yeah. right? And you look at it and you go, I see that going on in the media right now, yeah, yeah. like with the Islamic issue. Mm-hmm. I, exactly what they're doing. Yeah, and you yeah. go, right, okay. And yeah, it's not these guys. Mm-hmm. It's like marginalise someone enough. Mm-hmm. You'll, you know, kick the dog in off, mm. he's gonna bite you. Yeah, That's yeah. how it works. So guitar, I never knew this. Tell me more about the oh, guitar. You know about no. Oh. This is yeah, this is one of the reasons I love doing this, because you find right. out stuff about people. So so I started martial arts at seven. Yeah. At eight years old. My my dad had an old guitar indoors and I just picked it up and I was playing about with it and he said, Oh, do you wanna do you wanna learn something on it? So he taught me a, a basic scale like a G major scale. Yeah. And then I learned that pretty quickly. He said, oh, do you want to learn more? And I said, yeah, I want to learn more. So he went to the local school, the secondary school up by us. He said, do you know any guitar teachers? Because my son wanted to learn. Yeah. So, uh, and it's just one of those fluke things that everything happened to be at the right time, the right place. Yes. Uh, the teacher there who left the, the, the year after said, oh yeah, I know a guy, I'll put you in contact with him. And he was like one of the best classical guitar teachers in the country. And he lived in Basingstoke. Wow. So. I went to go and learn from him, Graham Newlin, right. and I went to learn from him, and he just blew me away with, with what he could do on the guitar, with classical, um, and I just said, that's what I want to do. I and is it classical, is that that's, the that's genre right. you still do? So I stuck with that, and then after about two years, he then started teaching me flamenco as well, and wow. uh, so I learned both of those. So I eventually did that side by side, and I had my... I did it, did it long enough. You know, I had my professional concert debut when I was sixteen. Really? Yeah. So. Jeez, man, I never knew this. Half, half the first, the, the first half of the program was all standard classical repertoire. Yeah. Which is like, uh, you know, things like uh, Asturias by Al Beneth and the Tarragon works. All these classical stuff. Yes. And then the second half was all flamenco. You know, and. Uh, is flamenco? Is flan- flamenco is like more? Is it more free? It's free. Freer. It's kind of like. It's a little bit like jazz in a sense that you learn certain things, there's a certain dance form that has a certain rhythm yeah. um, and certain chord structure and then there are little solos that you learn that go along with that and then what you do is you you put that in the order that you feel is right at the time that you're playing and then when you're, because I, I founded the flamenco troupe as well years ago, right. so I was the accompanying guitarist and there was a Spanish singer and dancers and stuff 
and uh, the guitarist has the hardest job in a flamenco group. Got to keep it together, right? Yeah, exactly. Because like the singer sings away, and because there's that element of interpretation, yeah. the singer can add in verses or take stuff out as he feels. And you're right? always playing the guitar. Catch-up. Has to has to follow yeah. along with that and keep it in tune and all the rest of it, and keep the dancers in time with what's going on in the song. Yeah. Wow. And then when the singer decides, oh, I've had enough now, I want a break, so the dancers do a dance. Yeah. Yes. But the guitarist still has to play for yeah, the dancers. Yeah. Yeah. So when wow. the dancers are tired, then they have a break, and then the guitarist has to play a solo to that's get the whole thing together. Man. And he did that for two hours in the gig. Do you know what I mean? That's, wow. that's some hard work. Just as you, as you were saying it, because I, you know. I, I love yeah, I love all forms of music, especially after losing my hearing in one ear. Mm. I really appreciate it, mm. you know. And um, I always look to jazz, and jazz is basically you learn it and then you do your stuff. So it's mm. it's very Jeet Kune Do. Mm-hmm. But I would say that like from what you're saying about flamenco, mm. that's even more JKD because mm. you're using these these structured parts uh-huh. that shouldn't fit together yeah. in real time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's all reliant on like external forces. Yeah. Jesus, that, if that ain't martial arts. <laughs> I don't know what it is, right? Yeah, that's crazy yeah. when you look at it that way. Yeah. But I tell you what, man, you are a renaissance I, I, man. I, 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 I loved this. it. I loved it. I, I, and I still play today. I still write a lot of music today. I still gig every now and again. So, but to me, it was just not only because it was something that I enjoyed doing, but I also saw the validity of having balance really? in my life. Right, that early on. Just because, again, I was, you know, I was a bit of a weirdo looking at all this stuff and reading about, you're, you know, all the philosophy and everything. And yeah, but you're an artist. And I'm saying there has to be balance. You now, of all the stuff that I do on the physical side, yeah, if I only concentrate on that, then that's not preparing me very well, sort of morally, ethically, and so on. So I've got to have that balance. And, and music was one of those things that, that helped give me that balance. But, yeah, but it's crazy because uh, I joke about this because I said it to Sifu Richard Bastillo, actually. Mm. He was, and he was the guy who actually turned around he and said, bass, didn't he? Yeah, he plays jazz, yeah, yeah, jazz bass. Uh, yeah, Guru Bob Breen, awesome. Like, it is. Guru Bob, if you're listening, I'm apologising again, but I always do the burgundy jokes. He plays mm. jazz flute. Mm. So, like, yeah, but he's very, very good. Like, he's played at Montreux and everywhere. Right. Yeah, really, really good. Terry, like, my main instructor, Terry Barnett, mm. awesome guitarist, great singer. Mm. Uh, uh, you know, Guru Dan, awesome drummer, and Richard Bastillo turned around and he said, well, You need to make a group, get a group together. And I was like, that, that would be some group, right? That would be some group. And he was saying, No, no, you know, Guru Dan will only let him play the bongos, you know. Mm. And then I, when I when I said it to uh, I said it to Eric Paulson, because Eric plays, mm. and Eric was like, No way, Guru Dan's a way better drummer. But again, you, I could imagine that, yeah. because yeah, yeah, yeah. when you're an artist, you're an artist, right? Yeah. And is that is, yeah. you know, when you were saying you're a geek, if you're saying you're a geek or a freak, martial arts geek, freak, I personally would look at it and go, no, you're an artist because we, we've like talked about this before. Mm. We see stuff differently. Yeah. And I, I don't know, we were talking about this, myself and John Scott, uh, my good friend John Scott were on about this on the way in. We were thinking, especially in the Jeet Kune Do, does this attract really smart, intelligent, successful, happy people? Or does it create or did it make successful, happy, yeah, yeah, yeah. intelligent people? And I'm hoping it's a latter, <laughs> so I don't want it to be luck. But you found that in martial arts too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah? I, I, as I say, the, the balance was really important for me. And doing all of that studying and, and looking into the history as well, which then led me later on into the, the, the healing side of stuff as well. So like you know, the Reiki and all that yeah. sort of stuff. 
and uh, it was it was difficult because I knew from looking at all the old old Japanese stuff that things like jujitsu used to do a lot of healing and restorative yeah. stuff. I mean, because it's again it's part of making that balance. You know, if you've got the technical ability to create an injury, then responsibly you should have the knowledge to be able yeah. to heal that injury at the end of it. Yeah, and that's been separated from a lot of martial uh, modern martial arts. Yeah, so I I thought yeah I, I've got to learn this. You know, if I'm gonna stick a choke on some or, or, or strangle them unconscious, I need to know how to bring well, the background. But this is it. It's like you walk into a jiu-jitsu school, say, and there's like every single guy in the room after, yeah, literally after a, a week, mm. no, will know how to do a rear naked choke. You walk in there and there's two first aiders or yeah, one first yeah. aider. And you're like, wait a minute, you know, is there something wrong with this no, picture? No, the responsibility is on the individual that's doing the technique. That's that's what I teach when I'm when I'm teaching. So, so all of my, like, you know, I make sure that they learn all of that stuff, you know, yeah. because it's, it's just about being responsible not only to your partner but you as a person you know it's just making sure that you keep that, that, that right morality as it were you know yeah. otherwise you just feed in the ego you know mm. and then you end up people putting stuff on too hard too fast you know to create an injury because it makes them feel good and they don't care about what the consequences are yeah you know? I, I really believe that there should be like a Hippocratic Oath with every black belt yeah. and the first thing is do no harm well, well we kind of do it I mean people don't read them anymore but you know that was kind of the thing that you had in the beginning of your license book. Yes. You know, when you joined the club, yes. you, you signed a little form, you got your license book, and no one ever read the first page. But I specifically redone mine when I redone my licenses years yes. ago. And it all makes sense. And it, and it, and it says it in there, you know, what, that you what agree does, what, not to do say? any harm to people. Yeah. You won't bring yourself or your teacher or your school into disrepute by using it for the wrong reasons. And, you know, that you'll work within the confines of the law or the country that you're abiding in, all those sorts of things which are pretty standard yeah. we would think yeah um, but people forget those or they don't read it they don't pay it any mind you know and you've, you've got to you know we're, we're in a dangerous profession if you like you know when we're doing with this martial arts we're arming people with all these weapons we need to also make sure that they're rounded individuals as well and make and sure that you, you've just hit the nail on the head there's a really just an awesome teacher called uh, Billy McGrath Tuhan Billy McGrath from Paquita Tertia mm -hmm. and he always references the material as the technology mm -hmm. he says sometimes this technology you don't give this technology to the wrong person mm -hmm. and uh, yeah especially you know that Paquita Tertia yeah. stuff is badass yeah. right yeah. and I, I looked at it and I went exactly I said I see MMA MMA gyms giving toddlers Mm. Some machine guns. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. You see, these guys walking <laughs> and you're teaching this stuff, and I'm like thinking, yeah, uh, yeah. In a couple of years' time, when once the, the once the prevalence, uh, once we find out just how many of these repeated concussions and stuff mm -hmm. that people are picking up in training, mm. the effect of that, and then mm. you know, MMA right now, everything, everyone thinks it's great. Mm. I personally think it's the herpes of martial arts because mm. it will come back and flare up every couple of years to yeah. to haunt us. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't, I don't see. The the moral side of it now well that's the point isn't it because a lot of modern sport martial arts have taken the philosophy the morality the ethics out of it because it's not particularly needed in what they want you know you don't really need to read philosophy to then go in the ring and bang the hell out of someone you're an athlete you know I mean? that's it's all they look at yeah. Yeah. yeah but for those people that are still terming it under martial arts that to me is where it, it breaks down yeah you know because to me martial arts is a holistic thing you know so we're training the body yes that is one 
one of the big basic things that we do. But the reason that we're doing that is because it's how it changes us mentally and emotionally, spiritually. You know, it, I always liken it to say that the martial arts is is a, a spiritual journey of self-discovery through physical means. Nice. Yeah? I like that. We, we yeah. do these physical things, but it's because of what it, how it changes us and yeah. how it then prepares us to be better people for ourselves and the community that we live in. But you know, I truly you, believe that. Yeah, I, you know, I've I've used this term only because I'm, I, you know, I'm a builder. Uh, but you know, my professor Neil Simpkin, we say it all the time. He, he always, you do it, you train. And he goes, make sure you put a good shift in today. Mm. And we've talked about it, and it's the first of all the purpose-driven life, right? And I really believe in this. Yeah, find out what you're supposed to do yeah. and just do it to the best of your ability. Yeah. And then when it, it comes to time, that's called in Japanese. Yes, I literally, I only put that on Facebook. <laughs> Was that sweet? Yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's the truth. And you know, you know, find your gift, pay it forward. Mm. But again, it was like it was it. It, they, I put it on Facebook and it was a Venn diagram and it was you in the middle and then it just expanded out it was like four and then it's four, eight and then 16 it went out and it was basically stuff like you know all the benefits to the community you know yeah. so I do a job for somebody I make their house better but I get paid for that yeah. because I get paid for that I yeah. have a better life and yeah. yada 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 and it expands and we were talking about it when Neil's got a real workman like you put the graft in and because you put the graft in somewhere where you know because we're just crazy hairless monkeys and somewhere along the line we have to have this we have value mm. you know that yourself mm. that's mm. the one thing that we give people in martial yeah, arts yeah, yeah. I've seen people walk in who can't look at themselves in the mirror yeah. Yeah. and then like and they end up starting to love themselves and I like, not in a narcissistic way mm -hmm. but they start you know liking yeah, themselves you have to start with yourself you yeah. know you've you got to be alright with yourself you got to start, start with yourself before you can then go and approach and, and, and have these relationships with, with the greater community yeah, I've said this, you know, so many times. You see these guys going out, like, you know, protesting against the Gaza Strip in Palestine. Mm. By the way, that's awful. Mm. But they're doing that, and you know, they've got a, a, an auntie that's starving. Yeah, 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 yeah. No one ever goes to see because yeah. she's quite difficult. Yeah. And you're like, but well, compassion isn't a tap. You don't turn it on or turn it off. Mm. And uh, you know, I always say, walk like a warrior all your days. But a warrior, the fighting part is what? What would you? What would you say? Martial arts now, the physical aspect, and like the being able to bang and like you know yeah, yeah. as I said before you're legit man but percentage wise what's that 10% of your game yeah. 10% of what it gives yeah, you yeah yeah because yeah. it's, it's all it's all here I, I, I'm much more for about what it gives you in the, on the mental emotional spiritual side of it as well you know you have to get everything in equilibrium that's what we're about in martial arts is the constant pursuit of perfection <laughs> right and, and and the thing is as well we might not ever get there but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't try right I mean I, I liken it kind of it's a little bit off the side but I liken it a little bit to, to Plato's theory about the forms right is this formula he says that everything has a form like an ultimate blueprint of the best that that thing can be yes. like, like a rose for example yes. right if you look at a rose then in your mind somewhere you're judging how that rose is against the ultimate the best ever rose that there ever was in your mind right yeah. you've never seen it because you've never seen every rose that's ever existed in, yes. in, in the time that they've grown right but somewhere you're connected to some blueprint that tells you that isn't exactly perfect right? yes and so everything has its own form in that sense and it's like birds right how, how, do, how do little birds know how to make their their nests yeah 
Well, how goes on there? They they they're in the egg when the nest is built, right? They're yeah. in the they're in the egg. They hatch out. They fly off. That's it. And then sometime they, they and how do, yeah, but how? How do they learn? Yeah, well, well, you see, this is we've had this, and again, it's off on a topic. But I love the way that these goes. My wife turned around to me and she went, Mick, do you know what you are? And I went, uh, I don't know, tell me, useless? I don't know, no, I'm only joking, Annie. But no, yeah, I'm lazy around the house, I don't know. And she went, no, you know you're a bird. And I went, what? And she went, well, you're actually a magpie specifically. And I said, why? And she went, well, I was wondering where, we got a little dog, Jesse, and Annie was saying, I was wondering where a poo goes. And because it was cold in the mornings, what's happening is, is but no, it was a blackbird. Blackbird came in, swooped it up. And of course, my wife, my wife's like, what would a blackbird want yeah. with dog poo? So she Googles it, Googles it, and what it is, that's what they use to plaster the nests in yeah. wintertime to keep them together. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, so you're basically saying I collect shit, right? <laughs> uh, but, but it is, man. So you were talking about Plato. Um, I, one, of the, one of the best guests I've ever had is Daniel Lanero. Mm-hmm. And it was, a, it was awesome, but Daniel afterwards said, I just sound like all I'm interested in is philosophy because we got on a point <laughs> yeah. and we were just doing it and we were yeah. talking about patricide uh-huh. and you know and you've got to have seen that in martial arts you know the the, the whole killing off the old style the minute uh, you get the new one right what's I know, yours? I know my, my view on that is, is I've made my views quite clear over the years right that, that there are too many people that think that they're reinventing the world right yeah and, and I'm all for all the modern stuff I've always kept my feet my two feet in two different camps in the old and, and in the modern right? yeah. and and I think what happens is that people when they reinvent a new system as it were yeah. Say, oh yeah this is the best self defence this is you know this is the dogs you know what I mean this is what you want to do all that other stuff is rubbish you know yeah. and it's just because maybe the experience that they did have with the old style or whatever the traditional style wasn't good because the teacher didn't put it across in the right way it doesn't mean that the information was crap the knowledge of the system might have been sound but his delivery of that information might have been crap and therefore the next generation doesn't get the right stuff out of it yeah but then they then grow up saying oh yeah I tried that karate stuff it's rubbish yeah absorb what is useful reject what is useless right but but you get different versions of that depending on which teachers you go to and which martial arts you know I have this analogy I talked to you about it before about different flavors of yes stuff, right yes so martial arts to me is kind of like the form of milkshake right yes. it's milkshake and karate jiu-jitsu kung fu judo whatever it is they're all the different flavors Yes. that martial art right there are different aspects martial arts as a whole is an entity and we have different flavours which we split up into different yes. names and within those different flavours we get different types of ingredients to make that flavour like banana milkshake from Mackey D's is going to taste different to a banana milkshake from Marks and Spencer's it's still banana <laughs> milkshake yeah. right but the ingredients have been put together in a slightly different way right so if banana milkshake is your thing and you think yeah yeah I really like that flavour then when you go out into the world you say, oh, I really like banana milkshake, but I didn't like that one. It didn't taste right to me. It doesn't mean that banana milkshake then is no good. No. You just got to make sure that you get the right ingredients well, you, of the one that you want. As you were saying that, you just saying that to me, and as I'm hearing it, I'm just going, right, so you go, <laughs> no, no, as you're saying that, I'm going, right, so you go and see your, and you play, you you got your flamenco troupe, mm. and one night you're just on point, and you know, you know, you get this, like, you get that moment, that zen moment where yeah, you yeah. go, it doesn't get any better than that. Yeah, yeah. Turn up the next week, and I'm just a little bit off, or, you know, 
Uh, what, what's the long this, this, the Spanish call that duende. Duende? Duende, they have a word for it, right? It doesn't translate very well into English, but it's basically when the zeitgeist, when the spirit of the moment is, is present and everything becomes one and everything is just right in that very second of that moment in time. And that, that's duende. And the Spanish audiences, when they feel that, because it's, 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 it's something that they actually feel, they experience it, even the audiences, that's when they shout out. They're they shout out, you know, something in Spanish as a recognition that they have felt that equanimity. You know, th- you know, this is mad, right? I've got a guy training with me at the moment, and he's going to love that I'm going to do this. His name is Carlos Diaz, right? And he's one of the Defence Lab guys with Mikey Wright, and he comes over and trains with me. Wonderful guy. Mm-hmm. And we're working out, and we're doing some panatuca, and as we're doing it, we're hitting the pads and everything. Mm-hmm. And he just went, he looked over, and he calls me Maestro, which kills <laughs> me as well. He says, Maestro. And uh, me, Maestro, I went, yeah. All right. yeah. So he's he's like that, and he's banging. I went, come on, man, get into it. And he went, hey! and he did it. And yeah, yeah, the minute yeah. he said it, I was, and, you, and you said that, I was, I was like, wow. Yeah. And that's crazy. It happened in the same time. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. in the moment. Yeah, yeah. But we, yeah, we we want that, and we like, we think it's a Zen thing, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's just all the ducks are in a row mm-hmm. and you never do it yeah that's what, what I love about martial arts is I get in there and start flowing and man I'm 20 again yeah, yeah, but yeah. I'm 20 again with another 26 with years experience. of experience yeah, yeah. the good times the bad times and going yeah now we're going yeah. so where's your future in martial arts what do you want to do oh, uh, I, to be honest I don't know I don't really know I'm not really one of these that uh, has got a plan of uh, you know my next DVD set that's coming out and the Bearing off the seminar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Record. I've never done that, you know. I mean, I've been in a few DVDs, obviously, over the years, but uh, it's just not where it's at for me. Uh, it's much more uh, always been a personal journey for me. And now, because of all the experiences I've had, you know, working on the door for over 20 years and all the rest of it, that I've been able to make that into practical terms and adjust what we do and be able to provide a tried and tested self-defense system, if you like, for the people that I teach, you know, whether it's kids or adults or whatever. So I know that the stuff works because I've been there and I've, I've had to do it, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, um, so for me, it's just continuing that, being able to provide them with stuff that they enjoy learning and that I know is going to work, you know, and give them the opportunity to work. You've got me sold, man. I'm going to come training with that. <laughs> no, but it's got, it's got everything. It's got, the, it's got the morality behind it. It's got the spirituality behind mm. it. It's got the practical side of it, you know, it, and it's everything you want. It's... Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's, I'm inspired when I when I hear stuff like this because the thing is, you live the life, mm. you know. And it, it, it you know, it, it is criminal sometimes when you when you know you were talking about still working. We talked about it before we did the the, the whole thing. I get it all the time. Why don't yeah. you teach full time and follow the dream? And I'm like, yeah. I'd follow the dream if my life was a nightmare, but it isn't. <laughs> my life's pretty fucking amazing, you know. Well, that's the way I look at my work. You know, I work in an office during the day. And people say, oh yeah, well you should open up a full-time gym and do this and whatever, you know what I mean? The way I look at it is that my full-time job that I do provides me with the money that I need to pay my bills so that I don't have to worry about making a profit out of my martial arts and I can enjoy it for myself and I can enjoy it for for teaching everyone else that I teach, you know? And so therefore, I've kind of got the best of both worlds, you know? My bills are being paid and I've got the time and the inclination to be able to enjoy my whole... Getting the getting the balance yeah. it's, it's, that, it's that whole uh, 
Yeah, my wife always says that I'm dead opinionated. And I said, I'm, I, you know why I'm so opinionated? I'm so opinionated because these opinions have cost me a lot of money. Yeah. And it, but it is the truth. It's like, yeah, I, myself and our peers and always, we've always prided ourselves on integrity. You can't buy us. You can't buy a grade. I wouldn't sell you anything. In fact, I'll, sell, I'll send you somewhere. If I, if I haven't got what you want, you're gone. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, no, no, you know, I don't need the money that much. Mm-hmm. But I do believe that you must have seen that in martial arts where you see people and just go spiritually. And no, by the way, some of the guys who listen to this are, you know, my dearest friends in the world, and there's stuff that I just don't agree with. Yeah. I look at it and I go, no, nah, that isn't for me. Mm-hmm. But I'm, just because I don't agree with it, you know, it's at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you know, just because I love banana milkshake That's doesn't it. mean you do, you know. It. But it's especially with martial arts, it's like for you're supposed to be self-aware, you're supposed to be on the ball, you're supposed to be right with everything, and then I bet you've seen some characters and you look and you know we're on about balance and you go. You are yeah, yeah. so down the wrong end of this yeah. balance shit. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of that has to come with uh, with with the ego. You know, yeah. a lot of people get into a place, not just in martial arts and other things, but specifically we see it a lot in martial arts. And and people get to they they feed their ego too much, and then they don't have to feed it anymore because the people around them feed it for them as well. And it's a dangerous situation. You know, we are supposed to be all about balance. People that wear the in Yang symbol on their clothing, <laughs> but they don't live their life according to the logo. Define irony. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> I mean. I've seen that all. You know, you just thought about it. I've seen it. Like one of Rick Fay's favorite lines, and he actually said it to me. Uh, it was like as just basically as the profile started to rise and stuff. Mm. And basically, all I ever wanted to do was train. Mm. And then I went from like teaching karate for so long, getting into JKD, loving being a student again, mm. and then just falling back into teaching again. Yeah. And then realizing how much I enjoyed it. But once the profile started to go up, Rick was saying you know it, yeah, it wasn't just me there's a few guys in the UK and he says you know as you profile you know some of you guys are starting to get real success here mm. he goes just got to remind, remind you one thing don't believe your own shit yeah. and I was like yeah and that's the guy you want because yeah. Yeah. once you surround yourself by yes men look what happened to Michael Jackson you know what I mean <laughs> at some point somebody said look Mike now you, you bought a tiger yeah. and you're dressing a chimp <laughs> like a baby you know what I mean you know, when do we say no on this this one when do we say no when you were talking about the working on the door I knew that you did door work but not for 20 years uh, yeah I, I I retired twice uh, I retired, the first time I retired and I thought yeah that's it I'm, I'm done I'm not done I did it for what 21 years Wow. And then and then they brought me back in, and then uh, yeah, after the second time, I said, no, that's it, I'm I'm done. You know? Michael Corleone. Yeah, I, just when I, I thought, thought I was at, it was like they dragged me back you know in. What was the worst thing, right? Was that I, I became quite well known in the areas that I was working, and I haven't just worked in Bayonne State. I worked all over the place in in London as well. And, and, right. and the thing is that that um, I was a bit cheeky when I did some of the stuff on the door. I mean, the, uh, when the licensing came in to the yes. license door stuff, um, we were, everyone that was working on the door, all the management staff, all of the all the uh, nightclub managers and all the rest, we all got called in to the local council offices yeah. uh, with them and the police and all the rest. And they said, right, this is what's going to happen from next month. Everyone's going to have to be licensed. They went through what was going to happen, how are you going to get trained and, and all the rest of yeah. it. Right? And then I, I got in contact with them the next day and I said, look, I know this is a bit cheeky, but 
you're not going to sell these courses because the guy that you've got teaching the course has never worked on the door. How are you going to tell people that this matey who knows nothing about his job is going to tell them how to do their job better? So you need to speak to someone who's done the work, who is a teacher, who currently works for you teaching music in adult education, and I'm free from next month. (laughs) (laughs) So then they they asked me to rewrite the course. So so that's what I did. I, I rewrote the course and I was teaching what was then called uh, stage two qualification because the NCFE yeah. took it over after it first but they nicked my course they came down really? and uh, they said yeah we like the way you're running the course we want your course notes and we're going to base our national qualification on, on your course wow. and of course the college because they're allied to them um, couldn't refuse so they had to give them all the work all so, your, is that all your yeah. stuff gone? Yeah. yeah you yeah. see never trust never trust a fat life coach and never yeah. trust the swimming teacher who doesn't go in the pool yeah, I mean the guy that, that was going to do it was in security but he'd just done you know he'd managed a man security guarding contract or something and then would then started up as a lecturer in college how's he going to tell a doorman what to do on the door <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah and again it's that behavioural flexibility that you need mm. where it's like what does this guy need he, yeah. yeah come on let's have a word outside by the time he's outside he's already gone yeah, I told, I, the, the biggest part of my course was communication skills of course it is the yeah. biggest part of it you know and in that I was teaching I was teaching extracts of Sun Tzu in there in, in my course notes you know just trying to give them loads of different angles to look at different strategies to use all, all you, know. you need is one sound bite and then the next mm. thing the guy you know at the end of the day you go fishing you know you want to get you want to get a, you know the bigger the fish the bigger mm. the bait but you know what just to get a bite yeah. what do you do throw in a few maggots mm. and that's it you know literally open, open up people's minds and then you go for it yeah. so you know what you said earlier about the uh you know the, the the old and the new, the traditional yeah, yeah. and the modern, right? I've got to, got to mention this because literally, apart from Herb Dean, your brother's the only guy I ever saw do martial arts with dreadlocks, right? <laughs> so Jeremy Bad Boy Bailey. Yeah. So how old's Jeremy? Ah, uh, I'm not allowed to say. Uh, he's he's. Is it older or younger? He's younger than me. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know that. I know that it's like top secret. Yeah, it's what is that with, with Jamaican men? It's like, uh, it, like never ever want to give away their age. I, I quickly, I'm going to tell you, a friend of mine, Seymour Barnes. Uh, some of the guys who are listening to this will know Seymour. Seymour uh, was a Jamaican guy who did Lao Gar Kung Fu, mm-hmm. and he was a doorman. And literally, he was like, first of all, just a wonderful guy, a gentleman. Mm. Ladies loved him mm. like my wife really didn't like any of my doorman pals mm. but she loved Seymour and Seymour had this thing where he, like Seymour was just awesome anyway but Seymour got to the point where Seymour lied about his age that much that he was actually younger than his own son <laughs> that's the truth <laughs> Seymour was 38 when I met him yeah. and he passed away two years ago and last time I said to him still 38 anyway I'm 39 now and I, I was like well when I met you you were 38 and I was 17 mm. so mm. something's <laughs> but yeah, and he'd be, like he'd do that, and the other one was he'd do the old black down crack. Yeah. So that was he wouldn't have any of it. But yeah, yeah. Jer- did you ever hand in Jeremy's MMA training or? Yeah, in the beginning, um, as I say, we all came up through the same 
same background in martial arts. Um, so I, I did judo and then I went on a diversified with uh, with jiu-jitsu, with kung fu, with aikido, lots of different things. Yeah. Uh, he went from that, did that, and uh, did a bit of wing chun and stuff as well. Yes. A little bit kali. Um, and uh, my other brother Scott, who's between us, he went uh, after all of that. Went down the taekwondo route. He, right. In Australia now. Um, and my youngest brother, he's pretty much done a bit of everything with the with the kickboxing. Yeah. Well, so, um, but yeah, I mean, we, we just trained each other in the beginning because really? we were a small unit, you know, we didn't run a big club. We just wanted to train and get good at the training. Um, and I always remember um, training him for his first full contact kickboxing fight. Yeah. And it was just an utter slugfest, this thing, right? Uh, they got in the middle of the boxing ring and they just basically stood toe to toe. Just teed off, first right? Three rounds. Yeah. Like full contact. Wow. Smacking the hell out of each other. And, uh, and it got to one point where it was a last round and he's in the corner he's like what can I do and I'm like you've exhausted every every possibility you just got to keep fighting just got you know he's got such a good uh, good attitude anyway do you know what I mean and a yeah. good work ethic he just went out there the guy kicked him that hard right yeah. that the guy his opponent ended up shattering his own ankle that he was kicking Jeremy that wow. hard in the fight wow um, so it was a good learning curve do you know what I mean? Jeremy yeah. is hard I'll tell you what people people underestimate his fight weight uh, is 76 kilos right wow. he um, without a shadow of a lie and without making it up and, and trying to big him up or anything he punches harder than any heavyweight I've ever fought against. Really? Yeah, and I know, I don't know if he listens to it, and I know he won't mind it, but I've, I've been in there and I've felt the hands of Ian Freeman. Yeah? Yes. And, and Jeremy is the hardest puncher I've wow. ever come across. Really? Like, yeah, he's, it's amazing the amount of power that he generates. In yeah, because he was, a, he was a trailblazer around the same time as Lee Hasdall. Yeah, and yeah. this was like... Well, we both fought on Lee's show up in Milton Keynes. You did? did the, yeah, when he did the shoot fighting uh, did stuff you, up did there. you fight yeah, that as well? Yeah. What was your fight record? Uh, well, it wasn't very good because I met uh, I met Ian Freeman in the semi-final. Really? <laughs> so I, I, found, that, I found out that my neck wasn't as strong as his arm. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, how many fights? That was like the. That was it. I, I, what I did as a fighter, what I did is I tried to fight under lots of different rule formats. Yeah. Right? So that I could have experience of that and draw from that experience. So I fought under judo rules, I fought under like shoot fighting, cage fighting, whatever rules I could find. Karate, everything, I, you know, freestyle sports. I was yeah. there. Oh, the, wow. old, the old freestyle sport karate circuit yeah. back in the day. Wow, FSK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back Jesus. in the day, doing all that, you know. So I'll tell you what, they against, were tough guys, yeah, man. Yeah, fighting against Taekwondo guys, Laogar guys, everything, you know. And uh, and it was brilliant getting all that experience, you know. And it just helped me with with my jiu-jitsu. I mean, I mean, as you know, I'm I'm I am jiu-jitsu based, you know. It's, but that's yeah. just because that's the flavour that I prefer, right? And but I express myself through that. Right, but all those experiences and all those different fight ranges and working on the door and all the rest of it that all comes into what I teach and, and how I pass that on to other people, you know. I'll tell you what, that's hard earned knowledge, man. Yeah, and giving it away, giving it literally giving it away. That, yeah, this is the thing when, Jer yeah, when Jeremy was fighting and when you mm. were fighting, 
you couldn't give away tickets. Like literally, I remember going to one of the first ever rings. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, rings yeah, yeah. rules. Yeah, yeah. I went to that, and yeah, it was it was full of chavs and full of like like literally. Let's put it this way: there was more Colombian marching powder <laughs> in there than Pablo Escobar's safe, right? So all these dudes are there, yeah, and it's yeah. just maniacs. And I'm looking at it, and I'm going, if they could get rid of this element and just get drunkards in, they're yeah. going to make a fortune. Yeah. And yeah. like UFC's proved it. Yeah. Well, I mean, back then it, it was, but but it needed to be that way in a sense, right? Yeah. Because a lot of the guys that were promoting and funding a lot of these shows were some questionable characters, yeah. right? Well, no doubt about it. So, you know, and especially when it started to come into the East End of London as well. You know, yeah. it's expensive to hire nightclubs. But yeah, I'll tell you what, the, tro- the, the Troxy ain't cheap. No, yeah, the, tro- right. yeah, the Circus Tavern in Perfley yeah, ain't yeah. cheap. So you've got to have some, some benefactors. Yeah, 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 way, yeah. Right? So yeah, you can have a bit of that element in there. But it needed it, and it set the format, you know. And yeah, as you say, it's gone from strength to strength. Yeah. You know? it's, uh, it has done what they said it would do. They, back in the day, they always said, this stuff will replace boxing in terms of, you know, the, the crowd exactly. that it pulls in out side and on TV ratings and stuff and everyone rubbished it and everyone said no nah, you're, you're talking out your ass yeah. it's not going to be that and it has it's yeah. eclipsed it well it has the other one as well is it, it, it's redefined the parameters of what works what doesn't mm. work right mm. but the problem is now everyone thinks that they have to t- they have to learn MMA to defend themselves mm. against John Jones yeah I would have thought so but against the guy arguing in Morrison's control and restraint yeah, yeah, yeah. and again it was like you know I joked about it earlier you, you know it's all well and good having the skills but unless yeah and I'm a good looking fella so I don't want to be in jail and I certainly don't want some dude thinking I'm his wife for the next three years you know you know what I mean yeah, yeah. but it's the, the jail's full of dudes mm. you know there's some real high high profile martial artists mm. that have hit people secondary hits boom they're dead yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Two, two years on remand or they you have to unlucky enough to get the manslaughter beef mm. and it's like seven and a half years yeah. for hitting a guy yeah. give me a chokehold any day of the week yeah, yeah. yeah, it, yeah. I think it, I think spiritually morally and legally mm. it gives you the option yeah yeah and that, that yeah, that's the way forward mm. now I'm going to finish off two things right okay first of all uh-huh. who inspires you in martial arts today uh, truthfully who inspires me is the people that inspired me from the beginning so my teachers love it you know, man definitely uh, Sensei Len you know he's still teaching today the club's over 40 years old and he's still there he's still, still he's a proper gentleman yeah. yeah 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 you know and to, to give as much of his time that he has done over the years and to be there constantly you know you can rely on him and the, the love and the effort that he's put into it proper you know, you and some hero anymore do you know proper I mean? and some yeah. hero yeah, yeah definitely yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. These are these are the guys. It's like, yeah, my first karate instructor, Andy Margaret, still inspires me. Mm. Yeah, there's some things that me and him don't agree on. Uh, You know, I went back and talked for him, and it was like the whole dogmatic lining up, and yeah, yeah, and like it's military level shit, man. I swear. At one stage, I thought he was going to tell me off for eating a jelly donut, (laughs) you know, from Full Metal Jacket, yeah, because I I was thinking I'm Private Pile in this scene, right? But uh, but what he puts in, Mm -hmm. and again. Right now, for the guys who train there, is exactly what they need. Yeah. All right. I think this is, oh, look, it's Tony Pillage. Oh, no, no, uh, no. Right. Five minutes. Okay. Oh, we got five minutes. Oh, no, I'll be on the mat. That's no, right. no, we'll be good. <laughs> 
two, two minutes to this and then Tony just gets changed. Uh, we're down here for the Children with Cancer mm. seminar. That's where we first first met up and we were yeah. training together. Uh, Tony, I'm, yeah, I'm going to round it up on it on this anyway. He is a gent. He's absolute. A do, you, know, you are. He's a diamond, and you know, he's everything that's. Good. No, I mean it. It's everything that's good in martial arts. I, I do mean that. You know yourself. I know. Like literally, I know hundreds of people, and then there's people that I turn around and go, "Do you know what? No, that's the guy that I'll hang out with every day of the week because you live the life." And you know what? I'm full of shit, and I can smell <laughs> when people are full of shit, and you ain't. So that's the one. No, 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 no. The pleasure's all mine. Thank you very much, Tony. Yeah, thank you, know, you very much. Thanks, brother. Thanks for listening today. We have a brand new show every Friday. And on next week's show, we've got this. That was the probably the most pinnacle stage of my martial arts career, was when you get this guy who's off your side, just kind of put you down and make you look like, a, like you've never done martial arts in your life. So at that moment then, I kind of questioned myself, and it was probably the first time as a person, do I forget it ever happened, or do I learn this, and that's going to make me a better martial artist, so I did that. Thanks for listening today. We have a brand new show every Friday. You can listen to all our interviews on MixedMartialArts.com. Mixed Martial Arts is a paint your headphones production. Wow.